It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Good evening. You are listening to a Rad Legend Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV Party tonight. I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radledge. And tonight, our favorite shows are twofold, a duo, one, two, both of them even, Impact Against All Odds 2021, and NXT TakeOver In Your House 2021. I am joined by Harry Broadhurst from the kickoff. How you doing, Harry? I'm good, Mark. Um... So, since we're recording this at early ass o'clock, I'm going to try to be funny, but I make no promises. <laughs> oh, see, now I wish we were doing video with this because I just uploaded Pinkie Pie from My Little Pony doing a rim shot. And so if you were funny and I needed to, you know, and we needed to accent your funniness, your, your, your humor with a rim shot, I had one ready to go, but I don't have one on my Spreaker soundboard. Not one you could have heard anyway. We actually do have one on the kickoff. At least we did before Eric's microphone decided it didn't want to work anymore. <laughs> well, um, uh, for those that are following all the uh, events on the W2M network and Rattle and Broadcasting, we are making the shift to video, just not today, because it, it is early ass o'clock. Um, not to get too much into how the sausage is made, but I just worked an overnight shift. I'm on four hours sleep from Monday to Tuesday. Uh, and, and I know you are, um, you know, you and Mr. Sandman are having some sort of a sissy slap fight, so you haven't slept either. So here we go. Two, <laughs> two, two very tired people discussing wrestling. This is all you could ever ask for in a podcast. Well, I have good news. At least it's not raw. Well, if it was, if it was raw, we'd both be asleep and it would just be 
two hours of us snoring through a podcast. <laughs> you can listen to me tackle Raw, though, on the reaction Monday nights at 11. No, I'll do my plugs later. Let's get to it. Yep. Um, you and Robert Winfrey <laughs> should have a support group, by the way. Uh, he, has, <laughs> he, he as, as of late, has to fill in doing Raw coverage for 411. And every time he does that, he... Uh, he is angry all week. I, uh, I'm like, like a beaten housewife. Like, you know, when he comes on Damn You Hollywood and he's surly and not cotton to my nonsense, I know that he's had to cover Raw that week and he's just about had enough of life. Um, so, yeah, but we're not here to talk about Raw or the, its impact on people's mental health. We are here to talk first about Impact Against All Odds 2021. First match. Sammy Callahan and Tommy Dreamer defeated the good brothers of Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson by pinfall in a street fight in roughly 11 minutes and 9 seconds. Harry Broadhurst, um, my son and I and my, and my wife watched this. This was kind of a fast food drive through McDonald's cheeseburger version of a street fight. Um, you, this was kind of, you've seen one, you've seen them all. Uh... They, I think it's difficult with this sort of thing because they're, they, you know, they're taping in the studio. It, it's kind of B movie, low budget wrestling. Cold. And when, and, and when you have seen so many death matches and street fights every single month for Mia Long, they don't stand. I, this is a, this is a, co- a comment that I made to Chris Bailey when we talked about this a few months ago. After a while, these all just start to run together. So, you know. Was it an entertaining match? Sure. Was it the same street fight I've seen for the past meow months? Also sure. But what did you think? Uh, first of all, our best wishes to Chris Bailey. Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey. Hopefully he'll be back with us next time we do one of these. Hopefully. Um, no, I don't disagree. And I, I think another problem is, is uh, 2021, 2020, 2019, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Tommy Dreamer matches all kind of run together anyway. Mm. Like, I like Tommy Dreamer. I'm a fan. I was a huge fan of ECW. I always have been. I always will be. I was going through and watching the back catalog stuff on the network before it the shift happened and well, Peacock and ECW get along fantastically, but they're finally just now starting to upload more of the ECW TV archives to Peacock, so I can start to pick that back up, but it's clearly not 1997 anymore, and Tommy Dreamer is still wrestling. Mm-hmm. And Tommy Dreamer is still trying to wrestle like it's 1997. <laughs> I respect what Dreamer's done for wrestling, but even I have to kind kind of question like what's the point in regards to Tommy sometimes. Sammy, I understand. <laughs> and Sammy picking up the win here after hitting, I think, Anderson with the baseball bat. It makes sense because it sets Sammy up on his road to Kenny Omega since he was the announced number one contender for Slammiversary. Right, yeah. I'm fine with how, with the finish, I'm fine with Sammy Callahan winning. I'm with you. I don't really understand at this point in 2021 what the thinking and impact is behind let's push the guys that were popular in ECW in 1995. Like, why? <laughs> what At this point, who's still watching that was a diehard ECW fan that gives a shit anymore? 
Like, like that Venn diagram, who could possibly be in the middle of it? Not to mention, too, when you just the simple mathematics, too. You imagine these guys were in their mid 20s, early 30s when ECW was a thing. That would put them in their 50s at this point. And Impact is a company that is traditionally not skewed towards older talent. They have they have a roster, a, a top to bottom roster full of young, hungry talent and people that have not had a chance to make their name in the North American scene. We'll talk about one of those guys next here, as a matter of fact. But sticking sticking with the stars of the past just because there might potentially be some name value has been one of the biggest law TNA things, one of the biggest law TNA gags going back for years with this company. I think in 94 and 95, whenever Terry Funk was lending a hand to ECW and he was the elder statesman and he was trying to get the entire company over by his namesake and then, you know, Paul Heyman sort of thank you to him or his idea of getting Terry, giving Terry the resources available to get the company over was putting the title on him for a hot minute, you know, at their first pay-per-view and all of that. Okay, but that was also Terry Funk and it was 1995. None of those variables apply here. Tommy Dreamer ain't Terry Funk. And while I'm sure he fancies himself the elder statesman in the Terry Funk role, he's not. And it's not 1995. The world has changed. Wrestling has changed. And in this company, lastly, and then we can move on. I'll give you the last word on this subject, and then we'll move on to the next match. This company also isn't the join the revolution counterculture, you know, punk rock rebellion in wrestling that ECW was. This is a company who its best days are long behind it. I mean, I, 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 think, I, I think I was watching Impact on um, TNN, I think it was, um, mm-hmm. when the height of that company was AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and, and the fallen angel Chris Daniels. And then you had Chris, um, Christian Cage come over and Kurt Angle to lend some big name credibility and like so th- so that's got to be 2005 so the mm-hmm. height of this company is about 2005 to whenever a lockdown with Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle was which had to have been between 2005 and 2007 08. okay oh wait I was close okay so you're talking about a three year period where this company was at its height uh, help me out with math Tw- 21 minus well, 21 minus 8 <laughs> Twelve and a half years ago, right? So, at this point, all of the factors where Tommy Dreamer might look at himself in the mirror and go, "I'm going to do what Terry Funk did for ECW," like none of that applies. Um, yeah. Real quick, uh, ninety-seven for barely legal for the first ECW pay per view for for Funk, but your point stands. Like, I, I appreciate the idea behind giving back to wrestling by having Tommy there and having him work with the people that he's working with. And him working backstage with these people is a fantastic idea because there is a ton of wisdom and a ton of knowledge that Dreamer can pass along. Him working in an on-screen capacity in 2021 isn't something that should be happening, in my opinion. You the are correct, itself, sir. The match itself was okay. It wasn't anything we haven't seen before. It's definitely nothing you haven't seen before if you've seen a Tommy Dreamer match in the last four years. Can we get one thing out of the way before we continue this show? Certainly. Commentary on this show was the drizzling shit. Oh my god, Harry. So my wife, 
as Robert Winfrey likes to coin the phrase, is the most casual of casuals. She she watches wrestling with me because she enjoys watching wrestling with me. But if I take off from Mars tomorrow, she's not watching wrestling either. So she's watching against all odds with me. And she's, you know, generally when we're, we're watching wrestling, she's on like her phone or she's on her tablet or whatever. And she'll look up if somebody falls off a cage or something like that. Or if I say, hey, look at this. She looked up. I wasn't paying any attention to her. She wasn't paying any attention to me, and she certainly wasn't paying attention to the television. But somehow, the commentary team of Josh Matthews and D'Lo Brown filtered into her brain through the tablet, and she looked up, she looked at the TV, she looked at me, she looked at the TV, she looked back at me again, and she went, holy cow, these guys suck, who are they? For you to be so bad that my wife paid attention to you, quit, go do something else. Go into the woods to live deliberately. Whatever it is you need to do. Join Shaquille O'Neal eating a skunk in the general commercials. <laughs> it's awful. I don't I don't hate Josh Matthews. I think he got a lot of unnecessary heat throughout his time in Impact. Josh Matthews should have never been an in-ring character because Josh couldn't hack it on the third string WWE developmental as an in-ring performer. However, Josh as an announcer was serviceable even if he wasn't particularly good or anything. D'Lo Brown should never be allowed to do commentary again. (laughs) This dude makes Lita look competent. (laughs) And if if you remember the Mae Young Classic where Lita and Jim Ross did commentary, it is some of the most cringeworthy bullshit commentary you will ever hear. D'Lo makes Lita look competent. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Strong, strong statement, sir. <laughs> uh, I don't disagree with you, but strong statement. <laughs> if I'm lying, I'm frying. I ain't caught fire yet. Um, all right, moving on. Joe Doring with Violent by Design, consisting of Eric Young, Diener, and Rhino, uh, defeated Satoshi Kojima with Eddie Edwards by pinfall in just under 10 minutes. Uh, what do you think of this match? So remember what I said about focusing on people of Americans haven't seen much of before? Joe During falls into that line. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge fan of During's look. I I think that uh, Stan Hans- the Stan Hansen kind of went out back in the 80s. And the only person I've been able to really see pull it off since was John Bradshaw Layfield as part of the APA. <laughs> But I can't argue that Durings actual in ring content was solid here. And especially given the fact that he was matched up with a guy who's got what, thirty years in the business, I think uh, Matthews pointed out. Something like that, yeah. So I, I mean it's fifty plus year old, I think, Satoshi Kojima. Cause I remember this dude when he was teaming when he just started teaming in um WCW with the uh it's part of like um, Ten Koji with him in a and a Hiroshi Tenzin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I this match was fine. Um, this was definitely one where I was kind of looking at it, looking away, looking at it, looking away. Uh, I don't remember much about it. I couldn't even I, I, on my kid's life. I couldn't tell you how it ended, other than what I'm reading off of the Wikipedia page. Um. Uh, during my pinfall with the sit-out powerbomb. 
Okay. I think as I was watching that, you know, it was entertaining enough. It was just kind of, you know, average average wrestling matches average. Um, unless you got anything else, we'll move on to the next one. One quick. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Thing about this year, and I sure. think this is the one, and I think this is the problem with During. Mm. Joe During probably doesn't have this spot if Michael Elgin's not a douchebag. <laughs> okay, can't argue with you there. Uh, the next is your X Division. Uh, five-way match to determine the number one con- contender for the uh, X Division Championship. Petey Williams. This time I actually... This time I was paying just enough attention to know he was in the match as opposed to last month. Uh, Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, Rohit Raju, and this ended in a no contest. Uh, you have the written results in front of you. What was the what was the finish here? Sawyer Fulton. Ah, that's right. Madman Fulton, who... Uh, is Ace Austin's oh, heavy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he Matt- came in and disrupted the whole thing. I guess we'll get more on this story on Impact this week. Yeah, he tried to drag Ace Austin on top for the pin. I think he tried to let Austin pin uh, Trey Miguel. Mm-hmm. But uh, the referee threw it out after uh, Fulton took out everybody involved here. Yeah. Uh, fun, fun spot fest. What you would expect from these five guys... Um, the match itself flew by. I mentioned last month when we did this that I'm a big fan of Ace Austin. I still am. I'm okay. I would be okay if they decided to go back the route of Ace Austin being the uh, X Division champion. That being said, I also like Chris Bay as well. The only bad option I think here is Petey Williams, and the only reason I say that is because Petey Williams again should not be a champion in 2021 after being the face of the X Division for the majority of that time that you mentioned earlier 
that 05 to 08 era. Um, I'm guessing they're building towards maybe like a six pack challenge kind of a thing at Slammiversary. I mean, that you know, like that's their WrestleMania, as it were. So I assume um, if they can't, it, you know, it's the old story of, well, you know, we can't figure out a content. Boy, this is going to come up again when we talk about NXT. We can't figure out who the number one contender will be. So it's everybody. You know, it's the old setup to the Elimination Chamber. Um, nobody is the leading candidate. Everyone keeps beating each other, and they're all kind of in a five-way tie uh, for, for uh, a championship contention. So fuck it, we'll just have all six guys in the ring at once. That's where I yeah, assume this is going. It's just a way to throw a couple of people to Josh Alexander, too. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, the walking weapon ain't losing that X Division title anytime soon. He's such a... This might be a controversial statement, or as Jason Teasley likes to say, I'm going to piss people off. Um, I did it less hickey that time. Love you, Jason. Um, I don't know if you know this, but if you, but uh, on the spiral, damn you, Hollywood, I did an impression of him that he was slightly insulted by. Um, so I'm trying to trying to fix it. But Real, uh, Have you ever listened to an episode of The Kickoff? Him insulting people was kind of his go-to, so frankly, that's a bit that... That's a tad bit hypocritical. <laughs> he's he's sensitive. Um, in any case, I, I also really laid it on thick. Uh, but anyway, but I, Josh Alexander is so wasted. I, I think uh, the last TNA thing we did it was either Under Siege or the one before that, where where under- I was. It was Under Siege. Okay, yeah. Um, so I'm repeating myself here, but gosh, Josh Alexander needs to go to a better company. By the way, did you see that Moose resigned with TNA or with, with Impact? I did. did. Did nobody want him? Did they promise him a, like a? Did they promise him a small island? I don't. I don't understand. A guy like I, Moose I, needs to go to a better company. I think it has to do with the fact that Moose is guaranteed a feature spot in Impact, and that's not necessarily guaranteed if he goes elsewhere. When you look at how deep the other companies are, top to bottom. You're talking. He's one of these Mark guys where <sighs> the. The Brightheart special where it's real to him, absolutely. Ugh, poor, I, I think poor coming bastard. From the athletic, I think coming from the athletic background, though, you can kind of see that, though, you know? I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not arguing that point. Like, I don't, I don't not believe you that he probably, you know, regards a high place in a small company as, you know, big fish in a small pond as being a valuable thing as opposed to the bigger paycheck. Um, He's wrong. Not- they're all wrong who think that way. It's about the bigger paycheck, but okay. You know, I'm not paying their bills. They're not paying mine. I guess it doesn't matter. See, I think the thing for a guy like Moose is he made enough money playing football that he can do wrestling as a hobby and not have to worry about making a living doing it. Yeah. And in, in defense of Moose's position, if money is no object and he's just doing this because he wants to, yeah, I wouldn't go to WWE either. I mean, look, look at Matt Riddle. Poor Matt Riddle. Poor, stupid, silly I'm, Matt Riddle. You see, I, I'm really enjoying the teaming with Randy Orton. Uh, I haven't seen it lately. All I know is the, la- the, the last thing I saw, he was riding around on a scooter making slightly sexual and inappropriate comments at Asuka. That was the last thing I saw. Um, so basically, Matt Riddle in real life on television. <laughs> well, none of us know that. We're not, we're not like there. Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, 
this would be this would be on uh, StreamYard when we actually start doing it, where I change my username to allegedly. <laughs> uh, Alleg- I'm one hundred percent going to pull the Sammy Guevara card bit with my username on StreamYard. I've already discussed it with Eric. <laughs> Allegedly, the man formerly known as Big Cass, uh, W. Morrissey, who uh, I won't do. I won't do the same Smith joke again. I'm re- repeating a lot of the same material from our Under Siege review. Uh, he defeated Rich One. I this might have been my favorite match of the whole show. Rich I one. oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I just I love a good like big man kills a little guy. The little guy gets a hope spot here or there, but basically gets like just mauled. I mean, I think if I have to... If people listen to these podcasts because they're like, come on, Rattledge, give us your harsh criticism. That's what we're here for. If nothing else but to argue with you about it and write nasty things to you. I'm here for that, people. Um, if I had to find one thing to criticize about this, I think they give Rich Juan too much. And this was a little long. Um, I think... I know Rich Juan was just the Impact Champion, so like, how weak do you really want him to look? I get the argument. But... If right now you're pushing W. Morrissey and you're pushing W. Morrissey as the monster of Im- the new monster of Impact, and you're going to do big things with him, he needed to kill Rich Swan in five to seven minutes, and Rich Swan should have had one or two less hope spots. But like, that's like going to see a really really good movie and going out of your way to find something to criticize about it. Generally speaking, best match of the night, in my opinion. Love this match. Loved love the story they told here. I'm hoping Morrissey keeps his mental shit together and go you know and does big things and goes far places. Uh one hundred percent agreed that this was the best match on the show. And one of the few matches that actually kept my uh that actually kept my eyes on it the entirety of the match rather than working on whatever else I happened to be working on at the time when I watched it. <laughs> you said it, brother. Um, the thing about it is, is Morrissey just looks so much different from everybody else, with the possible exception of a guy like Moose. Moose is six foot eight. Moose is two hundred and seventy pounds of solid muscle. Morrissey's more than six foot eight and more than two hundred and seventy pounds. But I, I forget who I was talking to, and the only thing I could think was, Jesus Christ, Cass is ripped now. Yeah, he looks awesome. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, Enzo looks like he ate Enzo. <laughs> I haven't seen him lately, so if he turned into a big fatty, that's a new one to me. Uh, Google. That's all I'm going to say. Google him. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but um, no, uh, I don't. I don't disagree that this maybe should have been a little more dominant towards uh, Morrissey, but I think you kind of made up for that with the finish of Morrissey. More or less, no selling Swan's finish. Yeah, yeah, he walked the, right uh, through him, and it's so funny because it wasn't that long ago. Rich Swan, I mean, Rich Swan, just what was it a month? No, two months ago. Um, it was at Rebellion where he took on Kenny Omega, and him and Kenny Omega went fifty fifty. And then you see Morrissey take the Phoenix Flash here and literally sit up and roll through right into a power bomb. Perfect. Um, I love that finish. Not, excuse me, not into a power bomb, into an F five. He threw him with the F five, and then he lifted him up into the chain of power bombs that finished with the. Uh, it was kind of like a jackknife, wasn't it? 
kind of. Um, I think I think it was closer to the F5 than it was the uh, than it was the jackknife. But look, look cool, man. And I'm I'm all and... yeah yeah yeah. And I'm I'm all about like. I generally don't love the smaller guys. I'm you know I'm a bit I'm a big guy wrestler fan. Um, you know again famously Ultimate Warrior Goldberg those types. Um, I kind of like Morrissey working with the smaller guys because it. I want to see him throw people around for a while. Like, Morrison needs to go on a run where he basically doesn't lose matches for a while. And then maybe, you know, he takes the title off of Kenny Omega or he takes the title from the guy that takes it off Kenny Omega. But more, we need it. We need to get W. Morrissey a long run of wins before he faces any significant challenges. And I think Impact is a great roster full of little guys for him to throw around and will really bump for him. Um, we can talk more about who's taking the title off of Omega another time, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Morrissey down the road in line to challenge that particular person. Yeah, I'm not 100% sold on the idea that he's the one that's doing it, especially with Kenny Omega feuding with oh, Sam it's- Callahan. It's going to be Sammy Callahan at Slammiversary. Okay, well, we'll get there in a moment. Um, so, yeah, my opinion, uh, probably the best match on the card, bar none. Agreed. Tennille Dashwood uh, defeated Jordan Grease. Jordan Grease looks like she's, like, tightened up and, like, lost some weight. Like, she, I mean, not that she was ever... She was always been a cute gal. Um, you know, not every man on the in, on Earth is, is a big fan of the short squat girl. Um, but she was always a very attractive lady for a short squat girl. But even now, with that body frame, she's looked like she's slimmed down a lot. She's looking pretty good. Uh, looking the opposite of good. Apparently, Rachel Ellering's wardrobe has not improved. Since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she. Um, I don't know if you heard us talking about the Lola Bunny controversy, where um, men who spend way too much t- time on the computer got uh, offended by the new Lola Bunny look not looking like Jessica Rabbit. Uh, And so Robert Winfrey and I had a long, in-depth, protracted discussion about the matter where we referred to Lola Bunny's animation style in Space Jam A New Legacy as a dirty pile of laundry with eyes. And Rachel Ellering apparently is taking inspiration from Lola Bunny's Pile of laundry with eyes look. Rachel's actually a beautiful young woman. It's just unfortunate that her choice in uh, her choice in outfits thus far in Impact has been less than desirable. I, I does she not know that she's going to be on television and they're getting her mid trip to the yoga studio? I don't know what's happening I, here. Y- you know what happened? They asked her to record this at eight forty-five in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't peek done laundry yet. It's fine. You're a hot woman. Nobody cares. Peek, peek behind the curtain, folks. Um, <laughs> as far as Tennille and I keep wanting to call her Emma, old habits die hard. As far as uh, Dashwood and Jordan goes, I like the idea. I don't like that we're already teasing tension between uh, Jordan and Rachel because they literally just started teaming. Yeah. But there's not really a whole lot that you're going to do with regards to Jordan and Deanna Parrazzo because you've been there, done that before. Yep. And you're going to work on getting Jordan's next opponent there. And apparently they're setting it up that Jordan's next opponent is probably going to end up being Rachel. 
the match itself should be good. But hopefully the ring gear choices are less questionable. <laughs> um, to Neil Dashwood got the win at 10 minutes, 58 seconds. Uh, this one could have afforded to be a little bit shorter. Not much. Maybe a minute or two. I'm not going to I'm not gonna quibble. It's just a personal preference for me. Um, I, I did like the finish. Yeah, no, the finish was fine. Stronger two minutes earlier. Um, minor quibble, but a quibble nonetheless. Uh, I'm glad Tennille Dash. I mean, Tennille Dashford got the win because they needed to tell a story with Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering, as you uh, just indicated. But also considering how Tennille Dashwood's career has been going lately, I'm glad she got a win. And this is uh, my. Might I also add Tennille Dashwood, <laughs> hottest woman in wrestling. Woo! It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Needed to point um, that out. On behalf of men everywhere, uh, Caleb Connolly can go fornicate himself. <laughs> Who? Uh, Caleb with a K. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Man managing to Neil Dashwood and Impact dating Chris Statlander. Mm. Half of that's intriguing to me. The other half is meh. Not a, not a huge fan of Chris Statlander. For the that is the galaxy's cutest alien, sir. You are allowed to have your opinion. It's a free country. Hashtag America. I don't have to agree with it. Um, I, I Look, she might be an attractive woman. I, ha I haven't looked at her recently enough to decide. I can tell you that the, when I first started watching her in uh, Dynamite on, in AEW, she uh, Shotzi Blackheart level klutzy. I and I couldn't get past that. She just feel she she might be like I said, be an attractive woman. I'd have to look at a picture of her again. Um, I just know that she looked awkward in the ring and she was a klutz, and then she got injured. Um, her gimmick was funny though; it made me laugh. These are my opinions. I I, I, I would wonder where the line starts to get booped, and we'll move on from there. <laughs> I'm going to send you a list of the hottest girls in in wrestling in the last 20 years, and you can see what my tastes look like. Um, and might I add, Jordan Grace. 
Um, my all-time, my all-time favorite woman in wrestling is Tori Wilson. If that gives you any idea, uh, you know who had legs all the way up to the ceiling. You know who had legs all the way up to the ceiling. For God's sakes, they gave her that song. Um, yeah, I was never huge into Stacy Keebler. Um, I couldn't get past the legs, and I'm norm- generally speaking not a leg man. Only, you know, on, only, on, only on my fried chickens. But she. She had special legs. She had she I, had hypnotizing legs. I'm breasts on fried chicken too. <laughs> <laughs> there's well, there's your quote. There's your quote for this podcast. Yeah, Breast really. Do I used to? Well, I used to promote a lot of my stuff just like with silly, funny things that we would say during the podcast. That would have been one of them. I'm breasts on chicken too. Um. I don't know. I know. I know. Everyone looked at Sable back in the day as she's too plastic, but Sable. Right out of Mark's, you know, right out of Mark's dream book. Um, all right, I, I, all right. Actually, let me let look. This is the this is a man's podcast, and we're talking man shit now. <laughs> let me ask you an important question here. I don't know how much younger you are than me. Uh, I'm 45, and I get so I was in my 20s, I guess, a, during the during the about, Attitude Era. Got about a decade on me. Okay, so you were uh, you were a small child during the Attitude Era. Major, close enough. Sable or Sunny? That's the eternal question. Goobas or Raisinets? Sable or Sunny? Uh, believe it or not, neither. You got to choose one. Uh, really? Because Kimberly's the answer. Who? Kimberly Page, DDP's wife. Meh. I mean, oh, she, how dare you? She's not an unattractive uh, woman. That's silly talk. But I mean, she didn't really do anything for me. Look, the, the blonde with the big tits. That's the answer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, if I had to choose between Sonny and Sable, I'm choosing Sonny. It's not the wrong answer. Just not the answer I would have chosen. I'm, I'm a Sable guy. And I don't care what Jim Cornette uh, thinks of her. I like Sable and I like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying the podcast, everybody. <laughs> okay. No, because now, now, okay, just real quick, just real quick here, to that jack-off and all of his fans, fuck off. Uh, Cornette or Brock Lesnar, because they're both jack-offs. Cornette. Oh, okay. You know I listen to both his podcasts, right? Big fan. Congratulations. (laughs) You can call me a jack-off, it's fine. I accept you, that. You would, you and the rest of you cuck of Cornette fans can all just <laughs> F off. We'll have fun in the hot tub. It's fine. Um, it's fun. If you're looking at Stacy, ain't nobody having fun. I don't even know what his wife looks like. I didn't uh, follow wrestling back then. Okay, yeah. Um, if you get a chance, search for Ohio Valley Wrestling Sin, and there's your answer. S-Y-N-N. Okay, well, one man... One man cannot tell another man who to love, and Jim Cornette may love Stacy and all of her inner or outer beauty as he sees fit. He can, however, offer them pushes to love her allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Hey, speaking of attractive women, how about that Kira Hogan? <laughs> She's a cutie patootie. Um, um. Okay. So, um, just real quick here. Yes, sir. Uh, because we've been focusing a lot on looks here, and that's not what I try to do, but it happens. I'm a guy. I don't, yeah. I don't know what podcast you thought this was, but go on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'm 
not necessarily always hugely into dark chocolate, as it were. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Kiera Hogan's a stunner. She really is. She like, like I, I've been doing a lot of shtick, but like as far as you know, high end of attractive women in modern day wrestling, she's she's up there. Kiera, I mean. <laughs> You know, Steve Cook, a 401 Mania, good friend uh, of ours, a long time. I'm a long time fan of him and, and the departed Larry Zonka. Uh, he's big into Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi Blackheart, my kid likes her. I'm not the world's biggest fan. Kiera Hogan, more my style. Um, on, on that note, however, neither of us have a snowball's chance in hell. Well, I'm also married. Who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> well, fire. She, uh, she would be more into your wife than she would be you. All right, so that's a conversation for a different podcast. Um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> so speaking of my wife, uh, since you set me up for that perfectly, so the second time, <laughs> second time, my wife looked up from what she was doing, utterly not paying attention to. Not a huge fan of Impact, like. You know, I, I can find the good. I can find the good in almost anything. But you know, like I'm a wrestling fan, and so there are things that appeal to me, and even the worst wrestling. So sure, there's plenty of stuff in Impact that I like, and that's what we're talking about: the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, my wife is there because I'm watching it, as, as I said earlier, and um, she did mention to me that of all the wrestling I watched, this was the dirt worst. And she included GCW in that conversation. She's like, at least shit pull. At least people are blowing up on that on on those cards and getting hit with uh, light tubes and shit. Shit's happening on at a GCW event or uh, no holds barred. But you know, Impact. She's like, this is terrible. Like this is so low budget. Um, but. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I think the problem for Impact is the fact that they're doing the record these recordings in the sound studio with no fans. GCW has an atmosphere. AEW has an atmosphere. The WWE, despite how ridiculous it can get at times with that Thunderdome crowd and the Thunderdome sound splicing, it has an atmosphere. It's fucking silence for yeah. the sound studio for or Impact. It's can, or it's like canned fucking sitcom heat. Like, it, it's awful. It's, yeah. it's horrible aesthetically. Yep. And I think that I think that was informing some of her decision. The point that I was getting to was that the second time she looked up from what she was doing was was when Fire and Flavor came out. And so, we, you know, we've been going over about how, how attractive Kira Hogan is. Very, very good wrestler. Very solid wrestler. I enjoy watching her wrestle. For those of you, like, too much with the looks, fellas. Fine. She's solid. She's a great wrestler. So Tasha Steele comes out with her because they're fire and flavor, as you know. Wife, first words out of my wife's mouth: "Who's the strippers?" I. <laughs> and I, as she's saying this, Tasha Steele bumping that ass, just popping it like it's hot. Be fair, Kiera Hogan did twerk all the way down the ramp, so your wife's <laughs> not entirely wrong. I. Look, if a girl is going to twerk to the ring, she's going to get called a stripper. That's just, that's the rule. It's the 11th commandment handed down by God to Moses. It, it's one of the ones that, it's one of the ones that was on the tablet and he dropped. Yes, exactly. I have, he's 15, 10. See, that's the tablet dropping. 10, 10 commandments. All right. Mel Brooks humor aside. Um, hey, want to talk about the match? <laughs> I hate... Not really, because it kind of sucked. <laughs> so, 
this is Pride Month, and Susan looks like she just walked out of a Pride Parade. And then, and then you have no, sorry, Kimberly is the one that walked out of the Pride Parade. And then Susan is wrestling in a business suit. And my wife had to explain it to me because I'm dumb where stuff like this is concerned. She's like, "Yeah, Susan is in a pantsuit because something about Karens and Susans and going to HR and one's worse than the other." And I and at that point I put my head in the oven. Anyway, the match itself was eh. I, I don't think Susan or Kimberly are very good wrestlers, and when they're on TV, I tend to check out. And I'm glad Fire and Flavor retain their titles. Your witness, I, sir. I, I like I like Sue Young. I've I've liked Sue Young for years. The She's Susan the gal in the pantsuit. Yes. Okay. The, the, that's the undead bride in a new gimmick. That's not the hot mess express, right? That was no, what's her fi- Laurel Van Ness, Chelsea Green. Right. Okay. Oh, it's another hot girl. Um, or as she's also currently known, um, Zack Ryder's better half. She's married to that mope. Uh, engaged, I believe. Chelsea, hot mess express, whatever the hell you are, Bob, you can do better. You can do better. Dude, he's gotten Chelsea and Tennille Dashwood. Let that sink in. Okay, now he's my new hero. <laughs> I take back every bad thing. You deserve that title in Texas, sir. I I applaud you, Zack Ryder. Nick Gage is going to fucking kill him anyways. Yeah, he is. <laughs> All right, uh, back back to the match, which unfortunately we have to talk to. We are legally obligated on the course of this podcast. <laughs> Frankly, at this point, I am a man. I am a mandated reporter who is currently mortified <laughs> at this match quality. Ugh. No, it's just the finish got blown. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the drop kick senton was a nice thought. The execution of it was just miserable. Yeah. And then Tasha's frog splash left a lot to be desired as well because she got almost no frog and very little splash off of it. Like, I think Tasha and Kier are a competent tag team. And we've seen them actually have some really good matches. Like, I thought the match that they had with uh, Jordan and Rachel last month on uh, Under Siege was actually pretty decent. This right here, just, it wasn't it, as the kids say. I think Kiera Hogan and Tasha Cielo are in that, like, mid-tier wrestling ability category where they rise to the level of those who are in the ring with or sink to the level of those they're in the ring with and and in this particular case they wrestle the pair of anvils like I I I like I like Sue Young but the Susan gimmick does nothing for her I'm hit and miss on Kimberly I think she's had moments but I do think that her brightest years are behind her Mm mm-hmm and I think there's a lot of bitterness that affects her in-ring abilities these days as well. Um, right now, Kimberly's best contribution to pro wrestling is being Nash Carter's wife. Violent by design, making this second appearance on the pod. <laughs> Take two. Violent by design, making their second appearance on the pay-per-view. Uh, this is a combination of Diener and speaking of people who are too old for this, Rhino. Um, with Eric Young taking on Decay, who are Black Taurus and the Mantar Getup, and Crazy Steve. This is a lot of words I just strung together that don't mean a whole lot to me, except for Rhino. 
<laughs> and Eric Young and okay. Mantor. Two things again. <laughs> One, Tarus. We had this conversation in Under Siege. Under I'm, Siege. And I'm sure we'll have it again at Slammiversary. I'm an old man. Most, most likely. <laughs> Two, uh, I'm actually okay with the usage of Rhino in this situation here. And the reason I say that is because Rhino's getting a chance to work with some of these younger guys like Black Tarus, like Crazy Steve, like some of the other tag teams in the tag team division here. And he's not in a feature spot, whereas Dreamer was in a feature spot in that marquee match with Callahan against the Good Brothers. Yeah. Not to mention, I still think Rhino has a lot left to give because you got to remember, ECW Rhino was only like twenty. So Rhino, so that was twenty years ago, which means he'd be in his forties. Rhino would be like forty, which to put that into perspective, AJ Styles is forty-four. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Okay. Um, I think then it's a matter of ability. I don't think Rhino and AJ Styles are equal in ability. And I'm a huge, I, I was a huge Rhino fan. I'll agree with that, obviously. That being said, I think that Rhino has enough that he can still contribute in order to justify his position on the card. I, I don't disagree with you. I don't I don't really have a strong argument against that. Um, it was an okay match. Again, I don't think... I don't think Rhino would have been in this match if uh, Eric Young wasn't injured, but otherwise, I, I don't mind Rhino's positioning here. I, I am kind of curious to see what happened with the whole W. Morrissey and Violent by Desire thing, because remember, when, when Morrissey made his debut when uh, Impact Wrestling, it was filling in for Eric Young in an eight-man tag match. All right, and then uh, your favorite female wrestler, Diana Perrazzo, took on Rosemary and beat her by uh, pinfall in 12 minutes, which was two minutes too long. Again, this is an AEW, you know, where you can cut these down by five to ten minutes apiece. We're only talking a minute or two, and I'm being really, really, like, quibbly about it. But um, let it, let us assume I had a better attention span. Uh, then I guess 12 minutes is fine. In either case, I thought Rosemary and Diana Perazu put on a solid, well-executed match. I'm going to say something nice about Diana Perazzo. For all of my comments about her for a variety of reasons, um, I have to say, after having watched her pretty, you know, pretty consistently uh, since Kenny Omega started coming to Impact and, for, and it forced me to watch more of Impact, I think she, I, I think she is given the opportunity she deserves. I think the WWE missed a boat on, you know, with, on a solid wrestler. 
Um, I commented a little ways back on her ring gear that it did not complement her shape and size. Uh, she seems to have fixed that. I'm glad you listened to me, Diana. Thank you for listening to our podcast. <clears throat> anyway, um, so she looks good now. She looks good. She wrestles good. She's the best girl on the roster to have that title. I think when somebody does finally beat her, they will be elevated. I don't know who on that roster it's going to be. But I think for now, I'm willing to go with Diana Perrazzo as Girl Goldberg. Um, of the two, I actually prefer Rosemary. And the reason I prefer Rosemary is because I've been a big fan of Rosemary's going back to her way before Impact. Okay. I don't love I don't love the Rosemary character because um, despite the the what's the word I'm looking for? it's again it's like ten a.m. in the morning and I bad community like, theater acting yeah it's like it, it's laid on really thick with the decay thing like yeah. it came off much more natural when she was with Abyss than it does with Steve and Tarish but. I'm glad to see her back healthy again because she suffered a really bad knee injury about a year and a half ago that kept her out of action for damn near that full year and a half. She's just now starting to return to in-ring competition. And I think that there's potential for her to be a solid high-end babyface in uh, Impact Wrestling. I think it's going to require a connectivity with the fans that she currently doesn't have. But I do think that there's potential for Rosemary going forward. Yeah, um, I. Here's the thing. I think she's got to lose the rosemary gimmick, maybe or maybe not lose it a hundred percent, but she needs to tweak it a little because in her current half a half a B movie horror character form, I think it's limited. You know, it's one of those like WWE gimmicks that you get where sure it makes you stand out and gets you TV time, but you're not you're you're going to hit a ceiling. Based on think about like Mick Foley, right? Mick Foley transcended um, the gimmick and shattered the glass ceiling because he, at one time in his career, was one of the most talented guys on the roster, uh, whether he looked it or not. But when you think about and he and, and, and I'm drawing this from his own words on the A and E biography, they gave him. They gave him what who if anybody else had had the mankind gimmick, it would have never worked. It, it's kind of like the Terry Taylor thing, you know, where it's like Vince looked at him, like you're the cock of the walk, and he took him literally, allegedly, you know, and then started acting like a chicken um, for no apparent reason. So it's like, so it, it's it's like one of those things where it's just like you're only going to go so far with this thing. You either need to find a way to make it relatable and transcend. Or you're going to be stuck in the same rut. Um, or you need to find a new presentation of yourself so that you can take advantage of whatever opportunities you might be afforded based on your talent. Yeah, like we've seen kind of the different personalities of Sue Young over the years in Impact. And I think we kind of need to say, see the same thing from Rosemary here. Because there's actually a very talented performer under the Rosemary gimmick. But I don't think the gimmick is going to connect with the mass appeal audience. I was thinking about like the, the girl who's currently, the I can't remember her name, but the bunny in AEW. Where Allie. I, yeah, Allie. Or I think, didn't Allie do a couple of different personalities and she showed she had... A degree of range uh, for a young wrestler, 
and one of them was being half in love with Rosemary. Yes, I remember something like that from the brief period I might have paid attention to Impact while I was switching channels. Um, all right, the reason for the season, our whole reason, the whole reason I watch Impact, <laughs> our buddy, wherever he goes, we go, Kenny Omega, the triple champion, Impact, AAA, the Hoosie Wutsy champion, and AEW champion, took on Moose, and he beat him. He beat him in 22 minutes. Uh, second best match on the card. Solid. Just best match Kenny Omega has had since crossing over into Impact. I thought him and Moose put on put on a hell of a match. I was disappointed. Um, I knew I, I had an inkling that Moose wasn't going to win. Um, just because this was an Impact Plus pay-per-view and why would you do that? But... As Christian once said on this very podcast, when you can lose yourself in the match and forget that it's all a bunch of nonsense, um, it's a good match. And that's what happened here. I allowed my uh, my uh, suspension of disbelief to take effect, and I was cheering for Moose, and I wanted him to win, and that dastardly Kenny Omega and his cohorts uh, caused him to lose. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, I thought Kenny Omega and Moose put on a very entertaining, very hard-hitting, very athletic match. I was I was impressed. Yeah, the match itself was really good. I don't have any complaints. I think Moose doesn't get the credit that he deserves for the talent that he is inside of the ring and how much he's matured over the years as well. Because if we're being honest with ourselves, Moose in Ring of Honor at his starting points was garbage. But he's gotten a lot better, and he's developed into the character, and he's learned the persona as well as he has the ability to channel it into his matches. So there's a charisma factor that early Moose didn't have either. Sure, for sure. Um, um, go ahead. Okay, so I I joined. Um, I did the NXT Takeover preview for uh, for the Cajun Strong Style, which is associated with Under the Dome 1037 in. Uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, with my buddy Clint uh, Clint Domingue, uh CD. Look and you on, I look made at you on, hang on, look at you on big time terrestrial radio, you superstar. <laughs> and I made a very bold statement there, and I'm going to make it here as well. I I get that people love Kenny Omega. I, I get that Kenny Omega is very popular with uh, both Marks and Smarks alike. I, I don't think Kenny Omega is going to be as special as Kenny Omega is soon. And the reason I say that is I think Buddy Murphy's a better Kenny Omega. Ugh. You can ugh all you run to. I'm not wrong. <laughs> I'm not arguing with you, but still, ugh. Here's why I say ugh, and I can do this in 50 words or less, I promise. Um... I'm not I'm not in a position to really disagree on the nuances and finer points of what makes Buddy Murphy a better technical wrestler than Kenny Omega. Here's what I do know. There's actors and there's stand-ins. And stand-ins sometimes might be a better theatrical actor than the actor themselves. Still stand-ins. They don't have that marquee name value. People don't know who and, they are. 
And I will agree with that. Obviously, Omega's the bigger name, and I do think Omega's the better promo. But in terms of entering content, once the bell rings, I think Murphy is better. And if I'm AEW or if I'm Impact Wrestling, I am trying like hell to get him. So Kenny Omega is the clerks of wrestling. Okay, He's the big indie picture that indie nerds fell in love with. And because indie nerds fell in love with it, it migrated into mainstream and it made Kevin Smith a star. Okay. Kevin Smith would go on to do an entire universe full of pictures, but also get hired by the greater Hollywood studio system to do bigger and better things. They didn't always work, and I'm not saying Kevin Smith was a success every time out. But if not for Clerks, there is no bigger and better mainstream Hollywood studio Kevin Smith. Kenny Omega is Clerks. So, my question to you. What does Buddy Murphy... Because Buddy Murphy is currently a student film in class that no one's seen before. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not giving him credit for being in a tag team nobody remembers with Alexa Bliss in NXT. Skip a few steps. Seth Rollins is goon. Nope. It's just, we're talking about the greater population here. What, what, what does Buddy Murphy have to do to have his indie moment of fame that will migrate into the mainstream and make him on par with Kenny Omega because right now he's not there. He's not even close. You want the honest answer to that? No, lie to me. Yes, I want the honest answer. Ring the freaking bell. But, okay, but uh, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to see it, it doesn't make a sound. The best Chinese restaurant in you know, in Joe's basement behind the door that says "Beware of the Leopard" isn't the best Chinese restaurant in town. The one that everybody knows what the best food is, and I read that in a book somewhere about the history of Chinese food. Doubt give, me if you will, but I will send you the book. Give Murphy the chance to shine, and he will shine. So, all right, I, I'm, but I be creative. I, you, you're booking the man. You're his agent. You're, you're Kenny Omega. His clerk's moment. Chris Jericho in the Tokyo Dome, right? I think everyone, that, that's the legend of Kenny Omega. If not, you know, for his time in Japan culminating with him and Jericho, there is no Kenny Omega of now. That more or less the mythology of Kenny Omega. Yes, no? That's fair. Okay. So... I mean, the best bout machine existed in Japan before Jericho came there. Jericho brought him back into the American subconscious. Right. That's his clerk's moment. The moment at which his indie cred transcended into the mainstream and made him a household name, right? Correct. Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, Tokyo Dome, Clarks. So, so t- frame with an opponent and a location and a company, what could be potentially Buddy Murphy's Clarks moment? I will do one better. It's not going to be a single moment. It's going to be a series of moments. Are you familiar with The Collective? Yeah, GCW. I would not be surprised to see Murphy be the breakout star of next year's Collective WrestleMania weekend. Because okay. he is... He is I, have, he I have is questions about that. He is the guy that independent wrestling promoters are going to want in order to make their people look like a big deal because they realize just how good this guy is. Okay. I mean, it's 
kind of an odd answer because GCW has the reputation um, among some, not all, obviously, as the Outlaw Mud Show pro- uh, company. And, that, and not, I say I, that as a fan. Not all of the shows that they promote are specifically deathmatch related, though. No, I know that. I, I'm Interesting choice. Not where I thought you were going to go. I, I don't think there's a specific moment. I think it's going to be a match. I think it's going to be a series of matches that gets him into the American conscience. I think it's the fact that people are going to be able to see what he wasn't allowed to show. And if you believe if you believe the, the sites like uh, F4W... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. W. Um, Murphy's the hottest ticket out of everybody that was just recently released, even more so than Tommy End. Who they want back, by the way, I've heard. I would not be surprised to see End end up in NXT. Um, okay. Uh, bold choice. Bold choice. Let's take I, a pa- Go ahead. I figured that that would be something that people would talk about from this episode, so I'm giving them a reason. And remember, hate mail goes to s.garmer at gmail.com around here. <laughs> and if you're composing your hate mail, and you're like, <laughs> I I need to tell Sean Gomer what I think of him because he made a crazy thing, like, you know, Buddy Murphy is going to lead the collective into the stratosphere, then you could use Grammarly. To do that, did you know that Grammarly will help you type hate mail to Sean Garmer? Uh, Grammarly... <laughs> I just not hate all of us. Grammarly's I, AI... I just want to say that this might be my favorite segue ever for the sad read. <laughs> Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. All right. The second annual NXT TakeOver in your house 2021. Um, I don't Uh, think they're ever going to do this again. I think this is, I mean... They're starting to tour now, so I would imagine this is the last NXT in your house. Go ahead. Real quick, are we going to do a final rating for against oh. um, all odds? Be my guest. <laughs> I mean, I know I, I know star ratings aren't necessarily a thing on this show, but I figured show ratings might be. Um, six and a half. Nowhere near as good to me as Under Siege was. 
Uh, Morrissey and uh, Rich Swan was the best match, in my opinion. I did think Omega and Moose was better than I expected it to be, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that I thought Moose really stepped his game up as well. But then they made Moose's performance irrelevant as soon as the bell rang when Sa- when Sammy Callahan came out. Yeah, um, yeah, average. Um, you know, on a ten scale, you know, do, do I, you know, wildly agree with a six? No, um, I think. I think it's a solidly middle-of-the-road average show. It was kind of like another night of wrestling. Okay, I'm going to bed now, so I'm going to give it a five. NXT, TakeOver, in your house. Did you watch the kickoff match? I did not because I was at In the Heights. Uh, There was no kickoff match during the show. It aired on YouTube afterwards, and no, I did not get a chance to watch it. Well, just to make it official, Saray defeated Zoe Stark. By pinfall, uh, sorry, Saray and Zoe Stark defeated yeah. Aaliyah. I read that wrong. And Jet, it's and early. Jeff Kamea. <laughs> Stark out, and there are wolves after me. Leave me alone. Um, it's tag team match in seven minutes and forty seconds. Who the fuck cares? All right. Um, I'm slowly. I like around. Aaliyah. When she shakes her hips, sure. But after that, who, why, who, who cares? Uh, I mean, yeah, the bell eventually rings, and then the the light isn't quite as strong. Agreed. I was into her when she was belly dancing because that was about the best thing she ever did on the show. <sighs> she was the breakout star of Breaking Ground. <laughs> Terrific. Um, you know who was the breakout star of the real world? Puck. And where is he now? Same place Aaliyah is. Um. I don't know where Puck is. I, I, I've never watched the real world, so you got me. Okay, that's a really old. Then that's a really old reference for the really old fans of this podcast. Hey, all you forty and fifty year olds! Slowly coming don't around. Forget, don't forget to take your ibuprofen, guys. Your back's <laughs> probably hurting already. Take three. I'm slowly coming around on Bronson Reed. Um, he didn't really do it, and I usually love the big fatties, but I, eh, it just kind of didn't do anything for me. Might have been because he was a, you know, he was one of them foreign foreigners. I'm like, meh, I like my big fatties American. But I'll tell you what, um, my, my jingoism aside, I'm slowly starting to come around on the guy. He moves really good for a big man, and they're starting to push him. I, and I think that might have been it more, more so than anything else. It was like for a while there, he was just a big fat jobber. Uh, job, you know, big fat job and everybody. And now they're like, huh, guy can move. Guy's got some degree of charisma. Jim Cornette seems to like him. Why not push the guy and give him some wins? Okay, that seems to be working. Why not put the North American title on him? Because why does Johnny Gargano fucking need it? And uh, and it's working for me. MSK, um, they bump for everybody and they do it a lot and they do it well. So them versus a three trio that I really don't care about. Uh, Santo Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and Raul Mendoza. I have to say, this uh, winner-take-all six-man tag really surprised the shit out of me. This was better than I thought it was going to be, and maybe that it had any right to be. Between the bump machines that are MSK, the big man moving like a lesser big man in Bronson Reed, and Legado del Fantasma being there for all of it, and okay, Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza actually showing some personality beyond Goon 1 and 2. Speaking of shaking your hips, ooh la la. Like, I'm not into men, but yeesh, shake them hips, boy. Woo! Sexy. So, yeah, man. This was a bumping, 
and crashing and violent good time. And uh, and the guys that should have won won the match. I really, really enjoyed this. At some point, your wife started wondering when you started watching Chippendale dancers. <laughs> no, she didn't. She should have. <laughs> no, no, um, no, I'm not really no, no, I'm saying she didn't wonder. She knew. <laughs> I, I I actually really like Legado del Fantasma. I I've been a fan of Santos Escobar going all the way back to Lucha Underground. Okay. So it's nice to see him getting an opportunity here. Um, Joaquin Wild, uh, DJZ Shima Zion is legit one of the nicest dudes in professional wrestling and deserves every opportunity that comes his way. And Mendoza has stepped up his game significantly since being paired with the two. I agree with you as far as MSK goes. They might be the most engaging tag team in NXT in terms of the, their ability to sell an ass whooping. Yeah. They bump like a combination of Speedball from the comics and Shawn Michaels against Hulk Hogan. <laughs> SummerSlam 2005 all day, all night, and all day. I'm going to have to watch that with my son and do an alternative commentary one day. I think he'd love it. <laughs> Just the sheer hokey that Sean takes to the selling there. Yeah, I, I could see that. He he bumped like like an overdramatic actor from the fifties. Mama, <laughs> mama. If like if you could just take mama and turn it into a back bump, that was Sean Michaels. Uh, I always compared it to like a uh, Benny Hill sketch. <laughs> na, 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 like, na, na. Exactly, like when he takes the big boot and then does like the full rock rolling backwards stunner sell off of it. That's the entire thing that plays in my mind right there. Yeah. Someone needs to re-edit that match with like cartoon sound effects. Because honestly, when they because there's so, there's a couple of shots of Hogan's reaction face to Shawn Michaels bumping like a cartoon character. And what needs to happen is when they close up on Hogan, it needs to, you need to hear wah, 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 wah. And then you know, maybe someone animated Hogan holding up a sign that says, why me? <laughs> Wiley Coyote style. Yes. <laughs> and then as the, as the video fades, you get the little pop-up. But that's all, folks. If someone could animate, that. if someone could animate Hulk Hogan reacting to Shawn Michaels' ter- or like ridiculous bumping in that match, and have and animate him turning into the the flower monster from Duck Amuck. <laughs> Duck Amuck. There's a reference, folks. <laughs> Just Hulk Hogan with a tail that you know, and a flag that has a screwball on it. You realize what's happening here. We're making the people who put birds coming out of Riddle's feet look competent right now. <laughs> Such a st- I'm just saying. Uh, I do like I, I do like Bronson Reed. I, I don't know that I would have had him as the choice to take North American title off of Johnny Gargano, but I do think that he's done a competent job with it. I also think he's only ho- keeping it warm until Santos Escobar takes it off of him. Can I point out that that Mishinoku driver that Escobar hit on Bronson was impressive as Fuck. Yeah, yeah, I would say, that, I mean, like I said, this was a hard bumping match, man. I have no no qualms. Yeah, really enjoyed this and definitely a really strong choice here. I don't love uh, ta- uh, singles titles being up on, on the line in tag team matches, and I've talked about that in multiple formats when discussing this show before, but 
That being said, though, yeah, these six worked their ass off, and it was a worthwhile investment to start the NXT TakeOver. For sure. Um, this next one, Zia Lee with Boa and eventually Mei Ying defeated uh, Mercedes Martinez. I hope they're paying you a lot, Mercedes Martinez. You deserve it for the shit you have to take in this company. Either way, Zia Lee, who they are currently pushing, um, beat her in 7 minutes and 40 seconds. This gets the Mark Rattledge stamp of fine. It was fine. I have nothing else to say. Yeah, the match was okay. It was there. I, I do like the fact that they kind of continued to pay it off on NXT on Tuesday night, but we're not going to discuss that here. Um, the the May Ling the May Ling thing, easy for me to say. Uh, like I get the idea behind the character. I get the whole um, machinations behind the character. It just doesn't do anything for me. And knowing what I know, because I'm one of those fans that likes to know the story behind the story, knowing what I know about who's portraying the character, I'm not impressed either. Now, there's a rumor as who the eventual reveal is going to be, and if that happens, then I am significantly intrigued. Um, I might not even know who this is, but who's the rumor? Uh, well... First of all, the current person portraying the character is Karen Q. I don't know if that name means anything to you. It does not. Uh, she was a part of the Mae Young Classic a couple of years back and was starting with NXT when she blew out her knee. And then they gave her the advice here. The rumor that I have heard, and again, this is strictly speculation, the rumor that I've heard is that the person behind the mailing or the mailing character is going to be Kyrie Sane. Huh. Well, that would be a twist. Okay. And if that, if that ends up happening, I'm here for it, because it would be the complete polar opposite of the character that Kyrie was before. Well, hear me now, WWE. If you bring Kyrie Sane back, just don't let anyone near Nia Jax, for the love of Christ. Dolph, they preach. <laughs> LA... Um, my, Go ahead. My head still hurts thinking about those poor ring steps. Oh yeah, um, poor yeah, poor girl is right. I I don't think I have felt that bad for a wrestler in quite some time. Um, Cameron Grimes might be my new favorite wrestler. He's hilarious. Like he has he has all the things. He's got good size. You know he he's a very good wrestler. He's a bump machine for such a big dude. He's got good ups. You know for you know for the his size and yeah you know, and his build. He's hilarious. I love... And now that he's not portraying, you know, one of the characters from uh, Dr. Sleep's The True Knot, you know, and they actually gave him, like, a really funny update on the Million Dollar Man gimmick. You know, I, I think it's hilarious. I I am... You know, I watch a lot of wrestling on Fast Forward. I stop for Cameron Grimes. He's hysterical. Um, I didn't understand why LA Knight was even in this match until they explained it. So I think the star of this match was the production team who explained that LA Knight is also a rich person who would also benefit from the million dollar belt. I'm like, oh, okay. And then these two bumped on ladders for 20 minutes. My son and I actually watched it. My, I, I had my son come out and watch NXT with me. And for the most part, I was like, just play your game and just, just be on the couch with me. But when this match started, I was like, hey, put your game down for a second. You're going to want to watch this. And 
it was one of those matches where me and him were screaming at the television, ouch. So much ouch in this match. Yeah, a lot of those bumps that both of those guys took were probably not wise for the long-term investment in their careers. Yeah, but it it sure gave a nice effect in order to get you invested in the match here. Um, I don't think Cameron about killed Ale- Cameron Grimes in that one, uh, the, uh, the one of a dozen bumps he took on the ladder. Uh, the worst one for me was the one where uh, Knight hit that hanging neckbreaker, mm-hmm. and like the ladder turned right as Knight hit the neckbreaker. Yeah, that might have been and, the one I was like, thinking you- of. You could see Grimes bounce off the ladder, and then you could see, like, the edge of the ladder where L.A. Knight landed go, like, right into his thigh. He was not happy. No. I, I mean, you know, go out there and <laughs> go out there and make a name for yourself, kid. Go and, go, go and get over. You got 20 minutes. I mean, they did everything but shoot each other, you know, in this one. And I, I'll tell you, I, I really enjoyed the match. Um... I make fun of L.A. Knight because he has a stupid name and he just looks like a he just looks like an average white dude. But I'll tell you, I saw the value in him in this match. He's another bump machine. He's very, you know, he's not snug in the like, you know, stop hitting me, you know, <laughs> stop potatoing me, you mark sense. Like he's snug in the he makes his shit look really good. So I'm all so I'm 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 warming up to L.A. Knight and his combination well, of wrestling with Cameron Grimes. I mean, I really, really super enjoyed this match. I thought they, I, I thought they earned their spot here uh, on the card. Well, if you're asking me if I enjoyed the the match, my answer is dummy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't see why you had to call me a dummy, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is great. Um, so. My favorite part about this match was the huge disappointed reaction from the uh, NXT takeover full the uh, not the full sale because they're not going back to full sale the CWC audience and the fact that Grimes lost. Yeah, I was I was definitely one of those people. I was really disappointed. Like they they've pushed him so hard on TV and then they gave it to the other guy. The money is in the chase here for Cameron. Yes, Cameron Grimes is Cameron Grimes is basically uh, Jethro Clampett two point is fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> they they gave a hillbilly buddy and it is playing out wonderfully. I I need more of his theme song. I need more of him naked in money in his theme song. <laughs> so good. The uh, first time they can, did that, Chris Bailey, I could not stop laughing. You can thank uh, Josiah Williams for that one. <laughs> it's so. Funny. And I, I know and I sound strange it, to people who aren't used to my sense of humor, but it's the best thing ever. And WWE thanked Josiah Williams by cutting him. Oh, bastards. Yeah, they, that story takes a sad turn. No, I agree. I think this was the best match on the show, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I wouldn't disagree with that. I would say this, the six-man and the main event were um, were super solid and were, a, you know, were fun to watch. I mean... <sighs> I'm going to give my final thought now because I'm thinking about it and I don't want to have to try to remember I said this. I need to say this later. NXT is in this very weird spot because NXT used to be the show wrestling fans watched. Like, hardcore wrestling fans watched NXT because it was the best wrestling captured on mainstream television. It, it It just was. I mean, yes, you could find New Japan and New Japan was probably better, but you also had to 
could buy you the app and do the thing and stand on your house with rabbit ears. That's an old joke for for 1994 ECW fans. Um, but uh, as, as far as Americans being able to access mainstream wrestling, it was the best wrestling you could find. The problem is there's so much of it now, it's not particularly special anymore. Um, and it's kind of... I was thinking about this the other day. I, I kind of watched this. I, I said this to Bailey when we reviewed NXT 31, a card notorious for being so uncreative they couldn't even come up with a decent name. And <laughs> 31, sure. All right. I just... Uh, NXT still consistently puts out solid, capable, modern wrestling. But like I said, there's just so god darn, gosh darn much of it. It's not special. And so when this was over, I was like, hey, almost everything on this was, you know, competent to fantastic. And I, and I don't really care. You know, it's like, okay. Yeah, I, I think the problem for NXT is NXT set the expectations so high for TakeOver mm-hmm. that if every match isn't a banger, then it ha- it's almost considered a disappointment. It, it's ironic in the sense that they're calling this in your house because this felt like an in your house from 1995 and 1996. Like, what what is the the difference other than degrees of talent between this and Beware of Dog? It's time. Uh, the, the light stay on. The <laughs> boo. Good friends, better enemies. You know what I mean? Like, you know, mind games. Um, oh, good, good friends, better enemies with a one-match show, but that's neither here nor there. You you take the average in your house, Harry, <laughs> and, and run it up against this one. I, no, I, I think that I think that the current NXT product holds up better than the product back then does, but a, a lot of that has to do with the sheer athleticism involved in wrestling now compared to then as well. Yes, like you're but, not dealing. You're not. You're not dealing with people like Big Daddy V or Mabel, whatever the fuck he was known as at the time. No, I'm, I'm not arguing this. Com- I'm not arguing there's reciprocal talent. I'm not arguing comparable talent. I'm saying the specialness of the show is about the same. Talent might be better. Matches are definitely better. What I'm saying is take any of the in-your-houses that I mentioned, run them up against the take- takeovers from the past year or two. Are there any? Are there any that that feel like WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble? You know, and the thing of it is, is the point that I'm making is that NXT used to feel like WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble. Now so they all feel like in, in your house. So you're saying we've reached the point of oversaturation for NXT? Yes. I don't disagree with that. I, I, I do think that they were better off when they had just the quarterly specials, the uh, the one before Rumble, the one before Mania, the one before SummerSlam, and the one before Survivor Series. The problem was, is if you believe the rumors that came out, it's that the main roster got tired of being shown up by NXT on the day before their big shows. Oh, I 110% believe that. And for a while there, they had, you know, you're absolutely right. They had a run of better shows in those weekends. And I kind of like there was a period, there was a run of NXT where I looked forward to NXT more so than I did anything. The the WWE main product was doing and to a degree. I still do. 
Um, I, you know, I was more looking forward to NXT than to Hell in the Cell. But I would tell you, Hell in the Cell and NXT in my, you know... We're talking the degree of which I, I looked forward to NXT versus the degree of which I was looking at Hell in the Cell is closer than it's ever been. Where two, three years ago, it would have been, you know, an ocean apart. That's fair. Um, real quick, you mentioned the fact that you really enjoyed Cameron Grimes' theme song that Josiah Williams did. Yes. You know where you could listen to Cameron Grimes' theme song that Josiah Williams did? I didn't write the time down. Why does everyone do this to me? I, ah, <laughs> such a control freak, and everyone wants to do my show for me, and, and I'm so tired of it. Like, let me, I'll do the plugs when I'm damn well ready to do the Amazon.com! <laughs> AmazonMusic.com is where you can find Cameron Grimes' theme. And it just so happens that we are giving away a free 30 days of AmazonMusic.com. If in the take advantage of that, you click the link in the description of this here podcast, that Amazon get AmazonMusic.com slash W2M network. You click the link, you fill out the information, you agree to the 30 days, and you can listen to Cameron Grimes his theme song and picture him naked in a pile of money like we all do for 30 days no cost and at the end of that 30 days if you're like I need more Cameron Grimes' theme song in my life I need to while I'm driving while I'm cutting vegetables while I'm taking my dog for a walk I need to picture Cameron Grimes' nude hairy body covered in money with the theme song playing in my ears you can do that you can keep the service you pay the monthly fee but if you're like i think i've had enough cameron grimes in my life and i need to cut this out you can discontinue the service no fuss no muss click the link it helps us out amazonmusic.com slash w2m network in addition you can also listen to the latest podcast from the w2m network by searching for the w2m network on any alexa enabled device that is also true moving on um if it's any consolation i hate when people do it to me on the kickoff as well so i'm just figuring i'd i'd pay it forward (laughs) um uh, Alexis, who's on like Damn You Hollywood and does a lot of the comic book stuff, she uh, she'll try to cue me up, and I just shoot her down every time. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it now. I'm not ready. No, you you go sit in the corner, young lady. <laughs> just, just to be a dick. Um, would ask who had time for that? Ain't nobody. Speaking of dicks, Raquel Gonzalez took on Ember Moon. I called my daughter out. Wow. Segway. <laughs> King of Segways, this guy right here. And you can't see it because we're not doing video, but I just did the Rob Van Dam thumbs. Um, On the kickoff that has become known as uh, a visual cue on an audio podcast. Yes, sir. Um, No, I like Raquel Gonzalez. She's she's one of those people... It was this was kind of a fun matchup because here you have the indie darling versus the homegrown talent and the homegrown talent beat her ass. I had my daughter come out and watch this because she's you know she's into Ember Moon and Klutzy Blackheart, and um, she was uh, nonplussed. I watch it. Watch wrestling with a child. It's a great experience, especially one who reacts like my daughter, like the way you're supposed to as a non-cynical dopey fan. So she boos the heels and she cheers the the faces, and when the heels cheat she gets (laughs) self-righteous she gets offended and she points at the screen and she's like she cheated how dare she someone should do something about it 
And it's the best thing ever. So she hates Dakota Kai. <laughs> She's not thrilled with Raquel Gonzalez. And she was super upset that Ember Moon lost this match. Uh, the girls put on a good match. Not as good as the six-man or the ladder match or the main event. But, you know, def- you know, not not in any way, shape, or form bad. It was just, you know... Everything on this it, match is good. It, it is good to great, and they just kind of slid right in there. You know, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to find something that just distinguishes this match from everything else because there's there was more good than bad on this show. For me, the issue that I had with this match was the obvious finish, like it. it it, it didn't take any kind of speculation at all to know that Raquel was keeping the title here. Okay. It was pretty much a damn certainty that Raquel was keeping the title here. And sure. they more or less te- they more or less telegraphed it on NXT TV when EO Shirai made her return and had the confrontation with Raquel before EO came out, before Raquel went out to the ring for Dakota Kai's match against Ember Moon on NXT TV. Um, I hadn't watched NXT before this, so it's a surprise to me. As a matter of fact, I saw videos with Io Shirai showing up on NXT. Honest to God, I wasn't sure when that was. Because we're doing this on a Wednesday. Uh, NXT was Sunday. Uh, TakeOver was Sunday, and the latest episode of NXT was Tuesday night. I didn't know if it was this the Tuesday yesterday, or if it was Tuesday a week ago. So Tuesday. Her official return was Tuesday a week ago when she came out to help Poppy with Candice LeRae. Oh, the Poppy. Are you a member of the Church of Poppy? Jesse Starcher and I pray at the Church of Poppy. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, Y'all have fun with that. She doesn't do anything (laughs) for me. (laughs) Go back and listen to Jesse reviewing I Disagree. We had a hoot of a time with that in the Church of Poppy. That's our Christmas show this year. We're going to do her her Christmas EP and then this NXT one that she put out and a bunch of her other singles. Like, we did the Saliva show. Because we... We love the poppy. Okay, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't have a response to that. I, 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 I don't see it with her. I don't get the appeal. But to each their own. I'm into bizarre shit. And she, uh, she's, she, she's different for sure. That's all. Oh, no, one hundred. She's, she's Rock's version of Billie Eilish. The most recent shows we've done were Bongzilla and Dr. Colossus. Are you sensing the theme with us? Y'all smoke way too much pot, yes. <laughs> As Mike McQuillan once said in the band that we used to be in back in high school, we don't use... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Drugs, we just like to sing about it. Shout out to you, guy. Moving on. Um, As Marilyn Manson once said, I don't like the drugs, but the drugs like me. I say that all the time at work, which is weird because I work in a jail. What did you think of this match? Says the guy on the podcast uh, talking about wrestling that people are listening to. Like I said, uh, too predictable for me. I, I never okay. uh, that whole suspension and disbelief that you mentioned while we were talking about uh, against all odds. Didn't happen to you here. You to, yeah, not at all. Not even in the slightest. I didn't buy into any of Ember's near falls. Okay. Um, I enjoyed and, it, and I think that. that I think that that's the key part of being able to enjoy this match is that suspension and disbelief of, oh, shit, they might actually change the title here. There was never that moment where it was like, oh, shit, they might change it. No, they're, they're not going to change the title here. That's fair. Um, I can see where you're coming from, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. Uh, I guess because I didn't see the Io Shirai thing, and I'm not thinking about this stuff too deeply these days. I'm kind of, I watch it. And then I kind of think about it before we talk about it so that we can talk about it. And then I promptly forget it until the next time. Um, but I guess if you're paying attention and you're studying the stuff and these details are jumping out at you, I can totally see how it would ruin the experience of a competently wrestled match. Cajun Strong Style podcast available through Under the Dome. You can search for Cajun Strong Style on Facebook. You'll hear me talk about the exact problem that I had with this match right now. You'll hear me talk about it in the preview of forecasting what was going to happen. So, this next match is a tale of two stories for me. The first story being um, the best guys in the company wrestling a very brutal, very violent, very well-wrestled match. And aesthetically... uh, Physically, it was a entertaining, well-wrestled match. One of the best ones on the card. No problem there. Opposite side of the coin. I don't understand why you took all of your best competitors, all of your top guys, and fed them to Karrion Cross like he was Audrey Two from Little Shop of Horrors. And now you have no guys. I... I this is one of those matches where, like, Karrion Cross didn't need to beat the entire roster of main eventers in one night to get over. He was already over. He's already a badass who can beat the fuck out of most guys on that roster, if not every guy on that roster. Why not feed him slowly, one at a time, and draw this out? They gave away a year's worth of fucking people for Karrion Cross to mow through in one Slug- night! I disagree with that. And the reason I say I disagree with that is because there was one person who stood toe-to-toe with Cross throughout the duration of their in-ring interactions with each other who I think would be a very formidable one-on-one challenger to cross this title. And that would be the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne. Ugh. The potato? What do you love against Pete Dunne? How dare you? (laughs) Well, he's shaped like a potato. I am, as a matter of fact. With all, with all that red hair. He's a yam. He's a walking yam. Well, that's one sweet potato. <laughs> You're funny. Um, so Pete, <laughs> Pete Dunn, the last good thing I saw him do was put over Walter. That's the match right there. Yes. 
Walter that's... versus Carrying Cross. Oh, give me all that man slapping meat. Big sweaty men slapping meat. Yes, sir. Can you uh, give me Carrying Cross, Walter, headline, stadium? I don't give a shit if it sells any tickets. Just put them in the middle of the stadium because that's the match of the century right there. Carrying Cross, Walter. All right, let's talk about the let's talk about this match in the two parts that you just mentioned there. Yes, uh, as Karrion Cross referred to his opponents on NXT, it is the Mount Rushmore of NXT, and he's probably not far from being accurate there. I don't know that I would put Dunn on that Mount Rushmore yet. He hasn't really done enough in NXT proper. NXT UK, he's absolutely a cornerstone of, but we haven't really seen a huge extended run from him in NXT proper. We're starting to see more of what Dunn's capable of in NXT proper, but again, most of his more formidable matches and stuff and moments came from NXT UK, the feud with the big strong boy Tyler Bate, as well as a series of matches with uh, Walter, and then even going into his battles with guys like Joe Coffey and Wolfgang as well. Yeah, his match with Walter at NXT Brooklyn, uh, WrestleMania 2019, like a match of the year candidate for me, if not the match of the year. It was phenomenal. See, I think that the thing with uh, I think that the thing with Dunn is that you buy Dunn as legit. Like yeah, Dunn I, has. A, I'm not I taking anything Dunn away has... from his ability. I just think he looks like a potato, and his personality does nothing for me. But if you would ask me, but what if personality and physical attributes were not a thing, and you just judged him by his ability for once in this two-hour podcast? Okay, cool. I, 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 I okay, but that's but. <sighs> One's ability that, to wrestle can't be the only thing we're talking about. I, I get that this is an aesthetic business, but I sure. do think that there's I do think that there's a level of viability that you just talked about that suspension of disbelief that, mm-hmm. that Pete Dunn has. You would know better than I, but I feel like we've seen all we're gonna see out of Pete Dunn strictly from a what can he do in the ring perspective. Maybe I'm wrong. And and I'm okay to be wrong about that, but I I stand skeptical. Very well. You're entitled to your opinion, as wrong as it may be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so back to your thought about how they burnt through the challengers here. Uh, I think the biggest mistake of this match was having Kyle O'Reilly take the loss. I don't think it should have been O'Reilly. I think it should have been Gargano. Agreed. And the, and the reason I think it should have been Gargano is because Gargano is basically Teflon. He can take a a loss like this. He can yell and bitch and moan about it the following Tuesday on NXT TV, and everybody will forget it'll happen. The next time that Kyle O'Reilly is positioned as a main event level player, the main event level player, it's going to be, but yeah, but he can't get the job done when it matters. Because he's lost three times to Finn Balor now. Because he's lost... he had the he had the win with against Adam Cole in the no holds barred match at the last takeover, but both guys got stretchered out of the building. So what did he really win? And who, then here he is. Who on the main roster did they did they call a choke artist for the longest time? Like that was their big gimmick for a while. Is that they couldn't they could never win the big one? Oh, or am I thinking of Sami Zayn? Well, Zayn in NXT, Jericho originally back in like the 2000s into 2001 before he finally won the Undisputed title. Mm-hmm. I think I'm more, I think but, I was thinking about the more recent one, and I think I'm thinking of Sami Zayn. NXT Sami Zayn, yeah. That, that's pretty much the entire story behind the R Evolution NXT takeover, where he mm-hmm. took on Neville in the ladder match. Right. 
So you, you have him lose not once, not twice, but thrice to Balor, and now you have him get choked out for the finish with the cross-jacket choke here in the main event of NXT TakeOver In Your House, which should have been In Your House too. I digress. Uh, yeah, and that, that, that's one of my problems with this. It's like they're not pushing the... They're not giving the the right guys wins, and they're not giving the right guys losses. Your point about Johnny Gargano is 100% spot on. I don't think I've agreed with anything more you've said this entire show than Johnny Gargano should have been the one to take the fall in this match. I think the, the greater point that I was making, and, and I, I will let you continue and, and speak to this more specifically, is your contention is that coming out of this, Pete Dunne looks like a further contender for Karrion Cross, except Karrion Cross is being presented as kind of a heel, and Pete Dunne's a heel. By the way, Pete Dunne's best work was when he was Pat McAfee's goon. Just as, as, as a total, 100%, everything that matters in wrestling, not just, you know, your technical ability. Pete Dunne's best work, the Darth Vader to Pat McAfee's Emperor. Um, and so I'm not in any way excited to buy a ticket to see Pete Dunne versus Karrion Cross at the next TakeOver. I'm just not. And I'll go see any TakeOver, especially because most of them are in Florida. But I, but I digress. I, you, you make a valid argument that due to what was done in this match, Pete Dunne looks the strongest. But who gives a shit in terms of buying tickets? I, I, I just see, don't I, care. And, and, and again, you're entitled to that opinion. I do think that there is a large portion of the audience who would buy a ticket to see Pete Dunne. To see My issue, bigger heel Pete Dunne take on lesser heel carrying cross? See, if you watched NXT on Tuesday night, you know that they're kind of setting up cross as the big bat of NXT now. Okay, so bigger heel carry cross versus lesser heel Pete Dunne? Pete Dunne's one of those begrudgingly respectable heels, though, in my opinion. Like, yeah, you may not like his tactics, but goddamn, the dude can go. Okay. I I, I I agree that there isn't necessarily a marketplace for heel versus heel. And I do think that wrestling fans do want to see babyface versus heel, whether they admit it or not. It's only worked because for a thousand find- years in the movies. It, it, and not to mention, it's it's the whole concept that the pro wrestling business was built on. It's not going to go away magically just because Vince Russo said that there's only shades of gray these days. And, and Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes also said there are no heels and faces. Let's move on from this. Yeah, let's well, well, fuck Cody too, but that's beside the point. <laughs> yeah, fuck him right in his ear. <laughs> well, on the plus side, at least they're not looking toad. <laughs> Well That's done. right. I'll, I'll, see, I'll see your family guy reference with one of my own. <laughs> um, my problem for the NXT title picture is... So, I've had this conversation with other people, and I want to get your thoughts on this. NXT, The NXT Heavyweight Championship has always been considered the worker's belt, no? Sure. Like, it's always been held by guys who are above average in the ring. It is as Adam Cole told Karrion Cross on NXT TV. The quote to Cross was... NXT has gone out of its way to make you feel special. You know what they do to make Adam Cole feel special? They ring the freaking bell. Oh, that was a great line. That is a perfect line. And I think that you could say that about the vast majority of the NXT Heavyweight Champions. Honestly, the only other NXT Heavyweight Champion who I think is at Karrion Cross's level of entering ability is Robert Roode. 
Boo! Robert Roode didn't have a chance. Robert Roode had the title and the gimmick and the whole thing, and five minutes later, they're like, main roster, and you're going to job to Rey Mysterio. Even NXT Robert Roode, though, wasn't, I, I don't think, was special. He wasn't there okay. long enough. He had the awesome entrance, but other than that, it was all sizzle, no steak. He wasn't there long enough. It's you had. It's a slow main, burn, man. On the main roster, it was mostly sizzle, very limited steak. Now, granted, he wasn't booked the greatest coming out of NXT, but you could say that out out of a number of different NXT talents. I I think Robert Roode is is very very under uh, underappreciated, underused. Under- I agree. I like Robert Roode. But comparatively speaking, if I had to compare Karrion Cross to any other prior NXT champion, the most apt comparison, in my opinion, is Robert Roode. Too soon to tell. The only reason I say that is because, similar to Roode here, Robert Roode was a gigantic entrance, and then, if we're being honest, subpar quality main event matches in NXT. Subpar compared to what we've come to expect from the caliber of NXT. Okay, Carrying Cross, Carrying Cross, Cross is an excellent entrance, and subpar caliber matches compared to what we've come to expect from the main you, event of NXT. Have you, did you see his Bloodsport matches? Match? Can't remember how many there were, but there was one. There was one in particular, and I can't remember if he did. Matt Riddles, and then he did the first year of Josh Barnett's, and you probably know better than me. You seem to be very good at correcting my missed dates that I misremember. Um, but I, but did you see the blood sport? At least the one blood sport match that I'm referring to. My my overall uh, my overall immersement of Carrying Cross is incredibly limited. I have not seen a ton of him in terms of anything pre WWE. I saw a little bit of his Impact run as Killer Cross, mm-hmm. but that was about the extent of what I've seen of him. We're definitely worth a Google. I uh, it's I mean he's great. I was that was the thing that made me excited about him coming to NXT was not his Impact run because I didn't see any of it. It was his match at Bloodsport, which was one of the best of the night. It's phenomenal. Who did he? Oh, fuck a duck. <laughs> killer. See, I, need know, I need to know who his opponent was. All right, because killer, knowing who his opponent Killer Cross Bloodsport. All right, while, while he's looking that up, I'll get back to my point here. Kyle O'Reilly comes off kind of douchebaggy as well with the new persona. And I think that that takes away from his general likability that he had. Yeah, you want to see him beat Adam Cole's ass because of the fact that Adam Cole broke up the Undisputed Era and was a self-righteous douchebag about it. But you don't want to see Kyle O'Reilly when he's basically cosplaying Orange Cassidy. Davey Boy Smith. Ah, D.H. Smith Jr. Okay. See, that actually does sound like something I would be interested in seeing because I'm a big fan of Harry. Just because, you know. Super good. Definitely worth a Google. I have my reasons for being a fan of Harry Smith. Oh, my God. You know what another good one is? But for a completely different reason, like almost the opposite. Killer Cross the following year versus Nick Gage, which was like almost no. like a parody of a wrestling match. It was so bad. <laughs> it was like, hey, here's this guy who's only good about smashing light bulbs over his head. Hey, here's one of the best, like, you know, like, toughest, strongest wrestlers in the world. Guess how long this was? Let's see. Like, the average on here is, like, you know, seven to ten minutes. You know how long it took Killer Cross to beat Nick Gage that year? Less than four minutes. 
Poor Nikki. He deserves better. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. Nick Gage is the man. <sighs> he, I'm not arguing that point so much. <laughs> I'm arguing don't put the garbage mas- wrestler guy that's good at garbage wrestling uh, against that- Killer Fucking Cross. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna argue that point there because Nick Gage is not a garbage wrestler, sir. Nick Gage can more than hold his own in an actual wrestling match. Not Just against Killer Cross, he can't. That's not even. It wasn't a wrestling match, though. If it's Bloodsport, Bloodsport's the no ropes one, right? Yeah, it's like all. It's 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 like it's all like catch wrestling, chain wrestling. Uh, no, honestly, it's basically human cockfighting, is what it is. No, it isn't. It's 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 essentially it's work jujitsu. So it's it's mixed martial arts, is what you're saying. It's what they tried to make Raw Underground. Gotcha. Yes, Raw Underground stole the idea from Bloodsport. Well, they both stole it from Shikara, but that's neither here nor there. Isn't that the one with the superhero wrestling and the army ants and shit? Yes, Ugh. but they had a uh, they they had a they had a stable in there called the Crucible, which was no ropes, no ring posts, just straight dirty ass wrestling, tap out, knockout, finish. Well, I suppose if you're going by the strict laws of time, then yes, Bloodsport stole it from Shikara. <laughs> People need to put more respect on the good goddamn name of Shakara. I'm not. I'm, I, look, I don't respect Dave Matthews for ants marching, and I ain't respecting Shakara for army ants. I don't respect Dave Matthews, period, but that's neither <laughs> here. <laughs> I mean, who does? White people are ridiculous. Moving it's on. <laughs> what is wrong with us? Just, <laughs> us, us as a general as a general populace in this instance here. <laughs> you made Dave Matthews a thing, and world, we're sorry for it. And the Counting Crows while we're at it. Hey, I, I, I do like some songs by Counting Crows. I oh, fucking white people and your Counting Crows and your Dave Matthews. <laughs> Ugh. I, Body I, count, I, motherfucker. I, Body counts in the I, house. Cop killer! All right, I'm done now. <laughs> I, I will rock out to some long December. <laughs> oh, God. Uh <laughs> start singing it's early enough in the morning that i might actually do it <laughs> let us take this home baby doll your final thoughts on this here match and your and if, if you hadn't concluded it your thoughts on my contention that they burned through the entire main event roster um i don't disagree i do think that dunn comes off as the most viable challenger here i i like the idea behind uh fans getting behind gargano to go after cross but Given the way that Gargano's been booked recently, Gargano and Cross should be a squash match if they're going one on one. If we're being honest, um, I think I think Garg- I think Cross and Cole has potential. The problem is, is like you just mentioned, are people going to be interested in seeing heel Cross versus heel Cole? Yeah, I mean they killed O'Reilly. Cole didn't come out of this a viable challenger. Gargano didn't come out of this a viable challenger, and your contention that Pete Dunne's a viable challenger doesn't bear any marketable interest outside of a very small portion of fans that only f- fixate on work rate. Um, so my thing, so that that that, and that goes to my central argument. Now who's left? Bronson Reed's. You know your your mid you know your mid level Ultimate Warrior Rick Rude guy, um, Cameron Grimes and Ellie Knight are in a thing. There's unless they 
shift some people around. There's nobody left. NXT is in this really weird spot right now, and they, 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 they get to this point every so often. I've actually seen this pattern before. They crown a new guy, and it's like the next day, it's just fucking crickets. There's nobody around. And then they try to shove somebody into that position that, you know, that isn't ready for it. There's no story there. There's nothing going on. And it's just one of those problems that happens in NXT to where they fixate on a guy so much, the rest of the roster just kind of gets neglected. And then when they need somebody to step in there and sell tickets fighting the guy, they don't have anybody. Can I make a bold prediction? Buddy Rogers, Buddy Williams, Buddy... Hackett. Audio cue on a visual podcast. They didn't see me roll my eyes. I'm sure they heard it. So. <laughs> now, but now I'm really into this idea of carrying cross versus Buddy Hackett. You're, you're a witness, sir. Uh, Alistair Black. Yes! Yes! Give me... If I can't have carrying cross versus Walter, which is the only match on Earth I'm interested in right now, give me carrying cross versus Alistair Black. I'm good with that. If you if can they, come back if they now. Decide, if they are able to retain Alistair Black and he does go back to NXT, which was rumored, I think that Alistair Black is the most viable next contender to take on. Oh my goodness! Carrying Cross. Carrying Cross versus Alistair Black in Death Metal Heaven. Yes, please. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, what did you think of the? Oh, I, I, I don't want to skip this part again. What did you think of the show overall? Please give it a number rating. Uh, eight, which is good, but indicative of the overall culture of NXT. When you realize that an eight probably puts it towards the bottom end of NXT takeovers. Yeah, um, not. I gave Impact a five. This for me was a seven. Um, it was better than fine. It was good. It was a solid good. Not great. You know? I, NXT, NXT is the honor student currently getting B's, and it can do better. It's getting B's because it's not fully invested in its curriculum yet. Correct. The, that curriculum's name is Karrion Cross, by the way. So, yeah. All right. Uh, to the unpaid intern currently listening to this podcast for ideas, you've heard it here. Carrying Cross versus Alistair Black. Give us that, and then give us Walter, and then the world can end, and I'll be fine with it. Speaking of oh, the world oh ending. <laughs> I just realized how much I want Alistair Black versus Walter now. Could you imagine a three-way with them? I would not be wearing any pants, and I would be not wearing any pants in public. It would just be me in a t- me <laughs> in my Adam Cole Baby t-shirt, no pants. Cheering Alistair Black, Carrying Cross, and Walter on wrestle for an hour. Never stop fighting. What, is it, what, are, what are the what are the assholes chant in the crowd? Fight forever. Yeah. I'm fucking right across my forehead. Of do not necessarily reflect those of the W2M network and or its affiliates. But if you have an issue with it, you can write. Uh, what's his email again? <laughs> well played. That bought me. Uh, put it on a t-shirt, Mindy. Plug your shit, yo. <laughs> the reaction Monday nights, eleven thirty p.m. Chair Shot Radio Network. Myself and four one one media's Tony Acero, who does cover Raw on a weekly basis, except when Robert Winfrey gets tagged in. 
Uh, we discussed both SmackDown and Raw. That's obviously depending on Tony's availability with him running the restaurant right now and things opening back up in California. Uh, in addition, the kickoff here on the W2M Network, myself, Eric Watkins, the aforementioned Jason Teasley, as well as Kennedy Eddings. We are currently in an off-season hiatus. We'll, we'll pop up here and there with a couple of news desk episodes, but the kickoff does not return in full force until August um, Rattledge in Broadcasting now presents the BW Sports Report with myself and Eric Watkins. It's something we've been talking for a while, uh, an all-sports show. We released a pilot episode where we do alternative commentary on Utah versus the Clippers Game 3 in the Western Conference semifinals as well. Did you, as see, we I added a bunch of... Did you see I added a pretty picture? I did not see that you added a pretty picture. I added a pretty picture. Although as a jazz fan, I'm sure the picture... I, I would imagine as a jazz fan, the picture probably would make me sad. <laughs> it was a Google search for that game, and that's the picture it was. Really? Can you hear me now? I can. Your pretty picture kicked off, kicked my Skype off the line. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um... That is part of the Rattledge in Broadcasting Network, but obviously Eric and I are more commonly associated through W2M. And also available in the archives for W2M is Life is Like a Game Show. We are working on our greatest game show ever tournament, and then we will begin our deep dives into specific game shows going forward. That is myself, Eric Watkins, noticing a theme here, and Jonathan Nielsen over on the W2M Network. All right, every one of our podcasts that I promote um, is a link to a link tree where you can find your favorite players playing uh, our podcast wherever you want to play them, whether it's on the website itself, Spreaker, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. We are doing videos. Uh, the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network has, kicking and screaming, been dragged into the 21st century. So we will, uh, not this one, but we will, going forward, most more Eventually. often than not, yeah, more often than not, be, prevent, be presenting a video feed to coincide with the audio podcast. So um, if you like faces and faces that speak voices, then you'll find it on YouTube. And if you don't like faces and you just want to hear voices, you find it on the player of your choice. But you already knew that if you're listening to this, unless you're not listening to this on the player of your choice, and I'm not entirely sure what you're doing. But what you should do is check us out. That was a rambling promo, wasn't it? Um, on June 22nd, um, we're threatening to do a Hell in the Cell review. Uh, Harry Broadhurst might be there. He might not. Chris Sheehan might be there. He might not. Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey. No one ever knows where he's going to be. He's like a comet. He kind of just comes through every once, every once in a while. Um, somebody might be on here listening to my stupid opinions about wrestling. So uh, stay tuned for that. June 22nd, the review of Hell in the Cell with me and somebody once told me the world is going to show me I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Uh, speaking of sh non-sharp tools and sheds, AEW, no, NXT, uh, NXT is doing a Great American Bash. They're doing one of their special NXT shows uh, Tuesday, July 6th. Potentially, we're reviewing that on Friday, July 9th, before I take my kids to go see Black Widow. And then she turned on the buzzsaw. Um, 
I know uh, AEW just announced a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of special dynamites like Road Rage and Fighter Fest and all that. Uh, I'm going away for two weeks, so we'll, we'll probably squeeze in money in the bank on July 19th, and then allegedly we're threatening to review um, a bunch of those. AEW Dynamite special shows that they've advertised um, the beginning of August when I come back. So that's the wrestling schedule as of right now. Go ahead and check out the rest of our podcast wherever you can find them. Uh, thank you for listening to our reviews of Against All Odds and NXT TakeOver in your house for Harry Broadhurst. I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free and Anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.